Hi, Case in Point listeners. Erin Worsham here from Duke University's Center for the Advancement of Social Entrepreneurship. Welcome back to Case in Point, the podcast that interviews impact leaders about the critical trends driving social change. On today's episode, we welcome back Jordan Casalo, founder of the Social Enterprise Vision Spring and co-founder of iLiance. In the previous episode with Jordan, we heard about his unique path to becoming a leading social entrepreneur, and he shared lessons with us from his new book, Dare to Matter. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, definitely check it out. It was a great conversation. But in today's episode, I wanted to get a bit more tactical with Jordan and get some of his lessons learned from his career as a leading entrepreneur. And so the first topic that Jordan and I tackle in today's conversation is about founder transitions. Jordan founded VisionSpring 18 years ago and has since successfully transitioned leadership to current CEO, Ella Goodwin. Ella has smoothly taken the helm at VisionSpring. We actually feature Ella in our Scaling Through Mass Disruption series, where she talks about how VisionSpring pivoted during the early stages of COVID-19 and shares her advice for others navigating through crisis. I highly recommend checking out her interview there. So clearly, the transition from Jordan as founder to Ella as current CEO of VisionSpring is a real success story. And so I was interested to hear Jordan's advice about what they did right. So that's the first topic we tackle. And the second is about leading systems change. The reason why Jordan was transitioning away from leading VisionSpring was so that he could help found a new organization, iLiance, which is a multi-stakeholder coalition bringing together governments, corporate partners, and NGOs to provide access to eyeglasses around the world. And so Jordan found himself shifting from being a social entrepreneur to a systems entrepreneur. And so in today's episode, Jordan talks about the different skills and approaches that he needed as he was leading systems change. Okay, so from founder transitions to leading systems change, Jordan has some great insights and advice to share. Let's start the conversation. You've gone through the process of founding an organization and seeing it through lean years and and scaling and then having to make a decision to take a step back and take into take a different position in order to let another leader um, come come in and, and and continue the growth. Challenging. We have so many social entrepreneurs that really struggle with that moment. And so I, I would love to hear you reflect a little bit on that experience. Start for me about when did you know, how did you know it was time to think about transitioning out of the founder role? What were the signs? What were the signals that you were seeing? So to start with that part of the story, uh, that started around year 10, where I'd been doing the, uh, the I'd been playing that role for 10 years. We had grown on a consistent, healthy basis. Uh, but the organization was starting to really change in terms of the type of leadership that it needed. Mm. Um, I'm pretty good at seeing needs out there and figuring out what's needed and how to go about it and starting things. But I've never necessarily been a manager or a builder. Mm. Um, I'm I'm a good starter. And I started to feel that some of my skill sets weren't really 
ideally aligned with the needs of the organization. And one thing I've always worked really hard to do is to separate myself from the organization, mm -hmm. my ego needs or my personal needs. It's always been about what do we need to do to build an organization that can best serve the problem. Mm -hmm. And I started to feel that if I looked at myself in the mirror and really asked myself honestly, was I the right person for the last 10 years? I could answer, absolutely. I was the right person to start it and get it to where it's going. But am I the right person for the next 10 years? Mm -hmm. And the answer was, if I was honest with myself, no. I think there are other people out there who would be better suited for what the organization needs and what the issue area needs than me. And so that I think it starts with that and, and really truly believing it. Because that way, as the founder, you can, you can let go uh, and you can prepare the landscape so that it's well it's fertile for a new leader to come in and thrive. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's the first uh, order of business, I think. Then the second is finding the right person. And Important, yes. <laughs> which is really key. And we were very fortunate. Ella's now been in the role for four years. And like I was hoping, we found someone who did have skill sets that were well aligned to the needs of the organization for the next 10 years. And she was the right person to build the organization. As a result, we have grown significantly since Ella's joined the board, uh, the, the organization. Uh, the other elements, there are a whole bunch of different elements that make it successful. One is strong support from the board um, for, for both the founder and the new leader. Uh, getting out of the way of the person on a real consistent basis and come in for a, a consultative stance rather than a um, ownership stance mm -hmm. and to really come in uh, when needed and as needed based on the call of the CEO. Um, a strong team is also critical. If the new CEO comes in to an organization that has a strong team, I think that will, will accelerate his or her chance of success. Um, and just being you know, super intentional about handing off key relationships uh, to donors and partners uh, and to have a real plan about how to make that transition uh, and not do it too quickly because trust is obviously really critical. And we were able, Ellen and I were able to, in a very natural way, over the course of a year or two, uh, hand off the key relationships with our most important funders and field partners. Mm -hmm. So those are just a, a couple of reflections on uh, on a successful transition. Yeah, I, I love those those reflections on on what made it successful. Thinking about that board support, I've I've had the chance to meet a lot of your board members, and they're incredible and and incredibly cohesive and supportive. So I could see that being a real a real factor. Yeah, the, the getting out of the way, uh, you know, all of that I think are really fantastic tips for for founders as they think about transitioning and for new leadership as well. Any other sort of rules of the road that you would advise uh, other impact leaders as they're thinking about founder transitions? What I would say is if in your deepest conversations with yourself, you're starting to think about a transition 
start to talk to people about it. Mm-hmm. Start to surface it. Uh, start to put it into words. Start to get advice from safe, uh, trusted advisors. Uh, don't let it sit for too long, uh, because sometimes if you let it sit for too long, then by the time you get ready to do it, you're more in a hurry. You know, might not have the the, the bandwidth to uh, tend to all the work that needs to be done to make the transition, or you might stay too long and burn out. Uh, so uh, I w- I'd say one of the hardest leadership challenges for a social entrepreneur is not just building the organization to a place where it's affecting change and doing good impact work, but also being able to pass on that legacy uh, in a way that's healthy and to let the organization ride beyond just who you are and into uh, a more uh, neutral zone where it's 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 its own entity mm-hmm. uh, and so the earlier you can start to think about it and do it um, it's never too early I guess is, is the take-home message that's great and and I think you know one of the nice things about the the smooth transition that you all have been able to do at vision spring is that that actually freed you up to move on to the next endeavor the the next entrepreneurial vision as you said you know one of your your strengths is on the starting things so now you've co-founded iLiance and I would love to spend a little bit of time talking about that that next step in in your journey. So tell us a little bit more about iLiance, what it is and what prompted you to start it. Yeah, so uh, we started iLiance about four or five years ago now. Uh, my co-founder is Liz Smith, who was a employee at Vision Spring. And we were talking about, you know, what is a really bold vision uh, for Vision Spring or for this space in general? And how can we really transformationally scale up the number of people who had glasses in the world. And one of the things that became kind of evident to us was that although social enterprises and NGOs in general are fantastic at innovation and scale to a certain level, Mm -hmm. if you're talking about an issue area that impacts hundreds of millions of people, or in this case, billions of people, There are very few examples of social enterprises or businesses that have scaled to that level, maybe one, like Brack. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're really, it, it's tough. So most times when you're scaling to solve a problem that affects that number of people, you have either the private sector or the governments getting deeply involved. And so it became sort of apparent to us of how can we take all of the innovation that's coming from the space, whether it's from Vision Spring or sister organizations in the vision space who are creating wonderful uh, models for delivering eye care services at low cost uh, to underserved populations. And how can we embed those innovations into public and private sector systems Mm -hmm. uh, and take more of a system change approach? So the idea behind Alliance was to take a multi-sector stakeholder kind of uh, approach, try to elevate the issue area onto the global development agenda, get governments and private sector players to come along and partner with the NGOs, and create a toward a force of a larger group of um, organizations who are caring about this issue area. And so that's what the, the alliance is. It's, it really is looking at how do you solve the problem it's in, in its entirety. And so it's fascinating to, to think about your journey of, of being a 
social entrepreneur and now a systems entrepreneur. Reflect for me on what that has meant for changes in your leadership style or the way that you, you approach the work. So shifting from a social entrepreneur to a systems entrepreneur, what, what are the lessons you've learned about what you have, you've had to change as a result? The first thing I would say is the question is, is the right one because there are definitely differences in leadership and leadership styles that are required for those two broad families of organizations. Uh, a social entrepreneurial venture can often be largely powered by the will and um, grit of a, f a, f a few small people mm -hmm. uh, who just are determined to get stuff done. Um, obviously, it needs strategy and it needs all the things that any organization will need, but it can be very self-directed. Mm -hmm. um, whereas a system change organization, it's really all about, if you will, herding the cats. Mm -hmm. And that the currency of system entrepreneurship is trust. That if you don't build trust within the system and within the players that you need to bring to the table in order to solve the problem writ large, you're not going to get anywhere. So trust becomes more central. Uh, even that it, trust is needed in all kinds of business, but trust is really the glue of a system change perspective. The other is the leadership style requires leading from behind uh, and doing, as someone once said, you're going to need to do all the work and take none of the credit. Um, and, uh, and so a lot of system change happens by kind of gently leading from behind, hurting the cats, Getting them, getting the different organizations and people within the system to agree on a strategy, uh, and then start to all put their shoulder to the wheel in a concerted way, and so that requires a, a, a very different set of uh, leadership skills. How was that transition for you? How how was it moving from being the the grit, the willpower, the the driver of of a really successful social entrepreneur to this herding cats mentality and really needing to shift that leadership style, was was that a tough transition for you? Was it easy? It, it was tough, but in some ways it was natural. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a, as I um, when I started Vision Spring, uh, I was in my late thirties, and when I started Alliance, I was in my mid fifties, and so. One thing I would say is that we wouldn't have had much of a chance to take a system change approach if we hadn't put in the almost two decades of work with uh, with Vision with Spring, Spring yeah. and kind of creating the skills and the relations and, mm -hmm. and the insights that uh, we learned along the way of creating Vision Spring. So part part of our ability to start Alliance was based on the almost two decades of work mm -hmm. at Vision Spring. Um, the thing that was in a way nice was that because systems change at a much slower pace, it was more aligned with my 58-year-old self because no matter how hard I push, <laughs> unlike when I was 38. The system's only gonna move so fast. It's only gonna move so fast. <laughs> so my 58-year-old self said, okay, well, we're gonna keep pushing, 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 but it's only gonna move so fast and Sometimes we just can come up for air and, and breathe a little bit more. Whereas you can with, go to sleep at midnight instead of 2 a.m. Yeah, you can go to sleep <laughs> earlier. 
But uh, you know, my partner Liz, who is leading the organization mm -hmm. day in and day out, might not agree with that because <laughs> she's the one who's staying up uh, to midnight uh, uh, every, every or two o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. um, because there also is a lot of work to be done. And there truly is a lot of work to be done. iLiance is trying to help the more than 2.5 billion people in the world that are visually impaired because they do not have access to eyeglasses. By bringing together governments, corporations, and NGOs, Jordan and iLiance hope to change the system and provide access to eyeglasses to allow those billions of people to see, to learn, and to work. And this conversation with Jordan is so important because in a time where many funders and impact leaders are emphasizing the need to drive to systems change, we must understand what it takes to lead those efforts. And so I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. It was interesting to hear Jordan highlight three really critical leadership attributes for driving systems change. The first was a deep understanding of the problem. Jordan talked about how his work at VisionSpring was so critical in having the time to truly understand the problem and create solutions that meet stakeholder needs and could be built on at a systems change level. The second was trust. How important it has been to build trusting relationships with many different and disparate stakeholders, from NGOs to businesses to governments and beyond. And finally, the third, as Jordan says, leading from behind being willing to let others take the credit to drive buy-in and longer-term change. I'm excited to see what iLiance continues to accomplish and hope that this conversation was helpful for those of you that are thinking about leadership transitions and also about driving to systems change. To continue to learn more and stay updated on what CASE is doing, visit our website, caseatduke.org. While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter, find more Case in Point interviews, and get the latest from the Scaling Through Mass Disruption series that I mentioned earlier. Thanks for joining us today for this great conversation with Jordan Casalow, and we'll see you next time on Case in Point.